And welcome back. I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We are the Turntable Teachers. And class is back in session. So tonight is episode two of Night School, where we talk about uh, more focused topics in the music world in a shorter, more condensed format. Tonight is going to be the same segment that you guys might have actually heard from our last Night School, where uh, Mike did a show and tell on the Fleetwood Mac concert that he went to. So Cody's out of detention. He's yeah, back. Yep, I've made it. He's I made back. it. Somehow escaped getting suspended. But. Yeah, yeah, we almost suspended you, but it was just a detention. <laughs> now I'm only playing. Um, well, we're going to be going a lot more shows, I think, together anyway. But yeah. even so, you know, we saw our show, though, last week. That's why we're doing a show and tell. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw Gary Clark Jr. at the House of Blues last Tuesday. So this was about a, about a week um, now since... From where we're recording this. Exactly, yeah. right. And uh, I love the House of Blues. I don't know about you. It's like my favorite venue in Boston. I've said that before, I think, on the channel. But uh, for those of you guys that have missed that, I think House of Blues is probably at least in my top three, if not my favorite. It, it's definitely in my top three. I'm not giving it to my favorite spot because my favorite is Paradise. I just absolutely love the Paradise. Like, I've been to so many shows there for, like, Ripe, Lawrence, a bunch of other little guys mm-hmm. that I just can't I can't take that one down. But House of Blues, I've, I got great memories there. I've seen, like, Rise Against there. I saw that old kind of shitty band Hollywood Undead there, which I... I'm hesitant to even admit, but don't don't hold that against me, listeners. It doesn't influence my music tastes, you know. Yeah, Paradise um, is good. I've seen I saw Logic there twice. I saw John Bellion there once. Obviously, so on the last episode, I was talking to you guys about going to Fleetwood Mac and at the TD Garden, which I I, I will say, Cody, I don't know if you've been to a show at TD Garden. Not a big fan. I've been to like a similar. I think I went to like the Pavilion in Worcester, which is like a basically the same thing, like stadium, stadium seating, right? Right, right. So anyway, uh, House of Blues, I think, was a really great venue for the, even for this particular show as well. So we saw Gary Clark Jr. on our episode seven. So that was our episode where we did our February 2019 albums recap. We talked about Gary Clark's new album, This Land, which we both gave rave reviews. Yeah, like so, what I gave a 96, like I think you gave him a 97 or some, something. I think you were actually, I, no, I think you were, well, no, yeah, I'm nitpicking a point here. I think you were 97, I was 98. Because I, I remember being 98, we were a point away. Yep, that's right. So we, that, we both gave A pluses. Exactly. Yep. So we love that album. I, I would be hard-pressed to say that it's not at least one or two in terms of my best albums of 2019 at this point and i know i know it's april all right i don't don't want to get too ahead of myself but so the expectations were like this show is going to kind of be killer and Mm -hmm. i don't know about that's why we got tickets like right off the bat of course we we heard this album we're like this album's incredible and we actually hadn't even talked about it yet because we hadn't recorded the episode and even then we were like no we have to go to this show i think i don't remember if it was you or me we like were listening to them on spotify and that's how it happened it said like showed on spotify i feel like i remember seeing a screenshot like oh my god dude gary clark house of blues Mm -hmm. um so you know we went we went in already expecting great things and I, I'm a fan. We kind of just talked about how we we're both fans of um, House of Blues. You're just you feel like you're more like part of the show. I feel like when you're there, you can kind of get into the crowd. I agree. But there's also areas where like if you want to go up and mosh, you can get into the like middle of the middle of the pit. If you want to kind of hang in the back and just nod your head a little bit, you can hang in the back and nod your head. If you just want to stand at the bar and forget that you were even at the show, you can stand at the bar and forget you were even at the show. <laughs> I mean, we saw some people sitting on the floor and stuff. So like clearly something for everybody. Yep. Yep. <laughs> No kidding. I uh, yeah, I, I really like the House of Blues quite a bit. And this, like I said, like this particular artist is it's a good venue for that because you know, like I said, the, the acoustics there are super great, and it, it's close. It's close knit enough where you feel it's so much more intimate. It's yeah, it's intimate. I think is actually the best word way to put it. It's it's much more intimate and it, but it's big enough as well that you're mm-hmm. getting like a good enough drawing enough crowd really. Yeah, you can so get like a lot nice. of people in that. Yeah, for sure. So. 
coming into this, I was really, really excited. And uh, let's talk first about uh, Fiona Silver, though, who was the opening act for mm-hmm. at this show. And neither of us actually even knew there was an opener. Um, I think until I was like almost you, on my way to. I think you were on like like on your way to pick me up to yep, go to go to get on yep. the tea. And you I was texted, like, oh, yo, bro, there's there's an opener, Fiona. Like, check her out right you now. Texted me right, and then I think we listened to two songs on the way to the t- to the train yeah, station. Thunder, Thunder and Lightning, and, and then, then I can't there was the one other. I think it was like nightclubbing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something along the it, lines it, of that. It was some like longer word. I think it had like night in it. Either way, <clears throat> yeah, night school. So. Uh, yeah, there we go. It was, exactly, it was nice. Hey. <laughs> and I mean, I I didn't get a chance to really listen to her enough to get an impression on like her music as a whole. True, me too. But she really, really impressed me. In, yes, in her opening act. Like, I agree. It, it might be because we went in with like no expectation whatsoever because exactly. we didn't know what she sounded like that it kind of had that effect. But like, man, they kind of owned the stage. They like they seemed super comfortable up there on stage despite yep. being a smaller-ish band still kind of like getting their following going. I think you had even said, you had made a good point when we were there, you were like, she's up there singing and like kind of just grooving and dancing as if like nobody's watching. It wasn't wasn't like there was a crowd in front of her. Yeah. It seemed like a girl holding like her brush in her hand in her room singing along to songs, like not caring. I agree. What anyone is not Not to go back to Fleetwood, but Stevie Nicks, she only only had that happen on one song in particular, Gold Dust Woman, Mm -hmm. where she kind of had that sort of, that same, it kind of reminded me of how Fiona was, but I felt like Fiona though the whole time she kind of kept that vibe going. exactly where she was just kind of like you said dancing like no one was watching with mm-hmm. the like hairbrush in the bedroom. Yep. It's, it totally gave off that kind of like innocent girl kind of vibe, you yeah. know. So she she was I mean she was fantastic, dude. Yeah, I think she, she had pipes. She like mm-hmm. knew when to kind of like let it loose and when to kind of restrain herself more yep. and like really good with her dynamics. Yep. I loved how every member of the band kind of was like their own little character. Yes. Too. Like I loved the guitar player. Their lead guitar player was phenomenal. He was really good. And he, he was really good. We, off... we both had said how good he was. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think you said he looked a lot like Slash because he had that like long curly black <laughs> yeah, hair. But he yeah. also had like a Gary Clark hat on basically. It, it uh, yeah. was like it was basically like the flat brimmed round all the way around like basically the same hat that Gary Clark usually wears. So like he had his own, own thing going. The bass player looked like a bass player. He was wearing like a polo. So I, I was joking around uh, with Mike before we recorded. He looks like he could be in like Weezer or something like that. <laughs> like a, a I Weezer told you, yeah. yeah. And then also, I remember the drummer as well just being like, he was just staying in his lane. You know what I mean? He wasn't like too abrasive or too like kind of going crazy. Like Fiona, you felt like Fiona was encompassing the stage. Yes. Like nobody, none of the other guys really took anything away from her. If anything, they just added to her element. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest uh, winner here was like Fiona's stage presence. Yeah, totally, totally. And that so won it, me over. As far as like the actual music that they were playing and everything, the vibe that I kind of got off of her was someone who grew up listening to a lot of like old school rock. So like the Eagles, Pink Floyd, Deep Purple, like bands all like that. But then at the same time, kind of had like an Amy Winehouse, yeah. To at least in like how her voice sounded. I was about to say the same thing, kind of jazzy, almost neo soul esque Mm -hmm. in in places. So I I completely agree with that. It's like those two genres kind of smashed together, which I thought worked really, really well. Like they had some really great like high energy moments, especially 
in what was definitely my favorite track of the night, Thunder and Lightning. Probably my favorite song by her in general. Yeah. Um, dedicated for her brother who passed. Mm, yeah, and she she even said like before she played it, like this is dedicated to my brother. What'd she say? That who's like in the spirit world now or something? It was something really quirky. Something quirky said. and spiritual. But and, she said something along the lines of that. Yeah. And, sort of and, like the holistic, like sort of. You can tell she's got a very like... Earthy, crunchy. Earthy, yeah, yeah, holistic way of thinking. So, which is, I mean, with sort of the vibe and sort of the the movement that's happening these days i feel like everyone's kind of kind of going on that more ship, on yeah. that exactly exactly but the thunder that's and lightning, a bad thing at all oh not at all not at so, all and i mean i think she said too that her like mom was in the crowd so that was kind yeah of cool that like yeah, oh, mom's did. in the crowd i'm gonna play the song for my brother that song especially really gave me pink floyd vibes i think i even remember saying mm. to you like during the show this reminded me i think it was of their track money like in the moment that's what it reminded me of mm-hmm. but just a lot of pink floyd uh, influence kind of going into at least how they were like creating their instrumentation but no all, all around fiona kind of blew both of us away like we did not expect anything and it was like a seriously good opening performance Fiona silver so anybody that hasn't listened to her i'd check her out because i think she's got some really great music and i think she's very under the radar in terms of oh definitely uh, you know in terms of like i said of her popularity so definitely go give her a listen i i she's somebody that i now we'll probably get into and kind of be on the lookout for yeah. to see if whether she ascends or not uh, from here. And it was cool because like I think right after she finished, I like immediately went to social medias, found her, followed her, yeah. and she had a post saying like playing playing Boston in like an hour or something like that. So I commented saying, "Oh, it was a great show," and almost immediately they liked the like liked the post back. So it's it's kind of cool seeing how like in touch they are still with like their listener base because I think that she's still small enough at this point yeah that they yeah. can kind of be like a little bit more intimate with like the people yeah. li- liking and commenting on their stuff so I don't know that was just a cool little side thing but I hope she blows up me too I do because I think too. she's got the talent I'd so. love to see her at the House of Blues again as like a headliner yeah or something like I that I agree so now to transition into Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. huh the, the meat of the night yes sir I don't even really know where to start honestly well maybe, it was, it was, maybe we just kind of go through the, the set list Okay, and sort, yeah. of, sort of like hit the highlights and the lowlights. So, of course, if you anybody that's heard our episode seven, uh, specifically the Gary Clark Jr. review that's on that episode on the February albums, I mentioned that one of his most popular songs came out in 2011, which was "Bright Lights," and it was really great. I thought I felt like that he was able to start the show with that. Mm-hmm. I think we had kind of going back and forth debating what's he going to start with, what's he going to start with. Yeah. When I and, thought he was just going to do the new album top to bottom. I thought at least he'd start with this land because of how much of a statement that song is mm-hmm. and just based off the fact that it's like I said his most popular song off the new album what I could definitely picture like him coming out to yeah, yeah and have it just playing that like the background music for a bit and then everybody walks out and he picks up his guitar and then hits that first little like yep. guitar riff and it yep. seems like it would have been perfect but uh, but I like still like Bright Lights I thought yeah, that was a really really great great track a great way to open up the the, um, the show and then he gets into What About Us and When I'm Gone, which I loved how jazzy When I'm Gone was. It, even, it sounded more jazzy to me, or maybe they made it this way, but in the actual live version than I felt like it is on the album. So I thought that was like a cool, like nice little sort of twist. Yeah. Like I really thought the keyboardist was great. He did a fantastic job. And I mean, he had that solo later on in the night, which I'm yeah. sure we'll end up getting to. That was kind of like lower down towards the end of the set list. Yep, yep. Um, but he had a solo that he took for a pretty good amount of time and I was kind of like wrapped up in it the whole time I mean I was in the bathroom while he had that solo because I figured that was a good time and still loved it like I was in there like nodding my head tapping my foot to it and the other people probably thought I was like losing my mind or was hammered or something (laughs) and it's like no I was just feeling this keyboard solo 
So he did a great job. And I think you're right with like a lot of their live compositions, they adjusted a little bit, I think, to fit the fact that they only had their band members up there. Mm-hmm. So they aren't able to layer things as much. So I think they had to kind of tweak certain parts of songs to make them fit better live. And that alone kind of says a lot about Gary Clark as an artist. That like he's thinking ahead to the live show for the fans because he wants to give them like the best show possible. So if it means he has to change a few things about the song, he's gonna do it to try and make sure that like we enjoy it. So absolutely, I, I definitely like that. Yeah, me too. I thought that I, I agree. I think some of the compositions were smart, and they they catered to the audience and and exactly like kind of what we were looking for in terms of like I think that was the biggest driving push for this this concert as a whole i just thought the instrumentation and the different sound blends that not only were on this album but that they also were able to execute in the show was the highlight Mm -hmm. i i not that to say take anything away from gary clark jr's performance or his him as a performer because obviously he sang his ass off he like played till his fingers bled oh my god yeah how many guitars did he switch by the way that's right i forgot about that until right now he had a bunch of different guitars in like a bunch of different tunings or actually i think a lot of them were the same tuning he just he's so focused about the tone that he if he has one song that needs him crunchier more like electric guitar he brought out his gibson sg and then he had like songs that needed the more country feel he's going to send that back and take out like a hollow body instead so he had all these different guitars specifically for a certain sound for like each song and Absolutely. that's so cool i thought it was awesome i was really excited about and i just thought it was really great how he was able to sort of like you know, seamlessly kind of just like nonchalantly bringing a new guitar. Yeah. Like we were all just like, oh, here comes another one. I think he had like six or seven different guitars he yeah. used. He kind of swapped some of the same ones in and out every once yeah. in a while. But I remember seeing like, I think at least five to six unique guitars. Well, I, I remember the hollow body, the SG. He had a flying V at some point. Yep. I think he had um, a Fender Strat, uh, which is like the most classic guitar ever. And I know I'm forgetting at least one of so them. So I think he had five or six. Yeah. But either way, I digress. That's just I think that was another cool element to his to his aesthetic and his show. And then the next track that came on in Fiona Silver comes back out for this one. Yep. Low Down Rolling Stone, which I thought was a highlight for sure. I thought bringing her back out and sort of their charisma, their energy together, really great. Mm-hmm. Super super like pumped that, that he brought her back out for that song. I felt bad because I think during the first part of that song, the uh, the sound guy didn't have her mic up very high. Um, and I think I actually saw like the moment where she kind of like looked up at him and like kind of like gave him a little nod of like turn me up a bit. Yeah. And then after that, I could start hearing her a lot more distinctly. But they their voices mesh really really well because she kind of has that like natural grit to her voice. He has that. I shouldn't say natural because he can kind of control it. He turns it on and off. But in that song, they both had that grit, so they were working really well. And especially when they start hitting harmonies. It's like if you have a guitar that's clean and a guitar that's distorted. Like even if you're playing harmonious notes, it's not going to sound good because one's like crunchy and one's clean. Yep. So they really matched each other well there. Yep. I uh, yeah, I agree. And then he from there he hits uh, an old, one of his older tracks called "Our Love," which I, I like. It's not one of my favorite ones from him, so that was a little bit forgettable. And then he but then he comes in with "Feed the Babies," which was nice. Mm-hmm. I liked that track a ton. And after that, feeling like a million. Man. Yep, which was good. Fantastic. Song. I feel like this next three though is where he really hit the stride of this this show and mm-hmm. this like where the energy was at an all time peak. And I think it started with "Gotta Get Up." Yes, 
Yes. Oh, no, it did. Yeah. Gotta Get Up, and then what were the next two after? I Got My Eyes on You and Gotta Get Into Something. Like, yeah. those three songs in a row were just such, like, a right hook of energy to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Which, at that point of the show, was needed. He played for, what, two-something two, hours? Two hours. Like, he started at 9.15. I think he was done at, like, almost 11, 11.30. Yeah. So, so like, if you would include the encore with that. So, like, that's impressive as hell to play for that long. Like, yeah. at that point of yeah. the set, that's... 10 songs in already yeah. like that's he's already been playing for like an hour and I think his energy point. hit the peak right I gotta get up and I thought and they actually like when we talked a little bit about the composition and how they changed it for the live show um, he had that loop of the hook with the on the guitar solo and he kept actually he drew, uh, he was drawing that out for like way longer than it is in the actual song because I think Gotta Get Up is one of the shorter tracks on in the track listing on the album I think it's like yeah. 2 minutes and some change and I remember it being significantly longer Mm-hmm. In the context of the show, because you know they, he has that like nice little that reggae like those horns that were playing, and then he has like a, a guitar solo at the very end, but he really like fleshed it out even further. So I thought that was a really like great addition to that song, and then just like I think it got everybody. And I even said it, I think in our review, I was like, I hope he does got to get up. On I think I remember you saying that too, yeah, because people are gonna go crazy to yeah, it, and gonna... that's where the energy kind of hit the peak, and then. Even with a song like I Got My Eyes On You, it's a little bit more stripped back in terms of its, its, its aesthetic. I still think it was the, one of the most engaging performances he had all night. Mm-hmm. Well, because in that one, there's a lot of open space for him to kind of not... I don't want to say interact with the crowd, because it's not like he's like, oh, how are you guys feeling tonight or anything, but like kind of feeding off the energy and bouncing it back and forth, where I've Got My Eyes On You, the guitar behind it isn't super intricate. It's just a couple power chords in a row. But it's got a nice melody, though, Exactly. It. smooth exactly. hell. And in a live setting, too, when you're playing those big, heavy power chords, it's booming at everybody. Like, you're not just hearing it, you're feeling all mm-hmm. of those chords, like, deep in your chest. And while that feeling is still there, he's coming at you with his lyrics, and he's coming at you with his, like, style and all of this like crazy awesome uh, showmanship and performance like that he's known for at least now to me like this is like now I know Gary Clark if I go to a Gary Clark show I'm in for like a treat because he's not gonna slip up once he's gonna hit every note he's gonna have great solos and I think that's that all kind of came through on that track Mm -hmm. definitely and then gotta get into something which is another like high energy that surf mm-hmm. rock you know and then yep. of course the part with like with the woo like that part of the song and, and like the crowds getting into it too yeah. and like singing those oh, singing that was the great. I think he had us at that point he had us before but I think if he didn't have everybody at that point that was when it was, that was yeah. when he finally kind of hit this big stride then the next song was kind of a shocker, honestly. After, um, actually, no, so sorry. After Gotta Get Into Something, yeah, he did when my train pulls in, so I, I kind of jumped the gun. Um, but the next song after that, mm-hmm. he played This Land. So, like, I think at that point, we both assumed that he was going to be saving This Land until, like, the encore, because it was, like, one of the biggest songs off the album, and, like, I didn't, we thought it was a really, really good statement. But then he kind of came out of nowhere with it and towards the end of the set, so obviously that song is always great. Uh, once we heard that first little guitar note, both of us were like looking at each other like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes like, yeah. We did it a couple of times, I feel like, with some of these songs. Yeah, it was almost like every track off the new album, we're just like, oh, this, this is that song, this is that song. And we were both waiting for like certain tracks, I think, to like come on. Yep. But uh, yeah, this slam was great. And then that was when the keyboard solo came on, which you talked about a little bit earlier. Yep. And then that went right into Pearl Cadillac. Yes. Which was like I think was a very... 
beautiful way to end the basically the set the first part of the, the set, first like part, the main yeah. part of the set yeah I'm, I'm just mad I missed the beginning of that song because I was still in the bathroom I literally was like in the bathroom and then <laughs> I, I was, heard I was like vibing. him I was chilling. Like, start coming back in I was like no no <laughs> like trying yeah. to yeah, and then you terrible. got back I was like dude yeah. Pro Cadillac yeah, and you're like, like, song you're like I know <laughs> yep. but uh, yeah so then he finishes that Celis Audin and he came back and I said this to you I was like guitar man where is it? Yeah, like, what and happened? You, what I happened to it? it? And then I was like, oh, there's no way he's going to put it on the encore. Because I just felt like, it just didn't feel like an encore song. But then the Pro- first song he comes out with Pro- is the song. So he proves, yeah, exactly. He like, proves me wrong. And the guy was looking actually at the set list for the day, uh, the night after, because he played two nights in a row. And uh, the guitar man was like a lot higher yeah, up. Yeah, like the, the third song he Third song, like yeah. That. So I was kind of interested to see that he moved it from the encore to the actual set list, which I thought he was going to actually do for us, but yeah. whatever. I was cool with it by the end because I was like, oh my God, you saved like my favorite track for the end. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Dope. Appreciate it. Yep. And then he did a Robert Petway cover, the Catfish yep. Blues, which was cool. But then I think my favorite... One of my favorite moments. I think everybody. I think it was probably moment. my favorite moment of the of the show. Like yeah. I, I'm hesitant to say it, but I'm gonna commit. Like this was my favorite moment of the show. Yep. He does come together by, by the Beatles. Yep. Yep. Does a cover. Unreal. Unreal. And I, I think like neither of us recognized it right at first because he had. His I know. Own... No, I didn't. And I I was just like, what the frick? I was like, what is he doing? And you were like, yo, this is like the Beatles. This is coming together. And I was like, oh my god, you're right. Like I was like, holy crap. Because he had his own style on it so much that like even though like usually when people think come together, they just think of that bass on the boom boom like over and over and over again. But he was playing it on like the guitar to start off yeah. with. Everyone's like, wait, I recognize that song. And then it like builds a little bit more, like, wait, no, I definitely recognize that song. And then he starts singing, you're like, Oh, I do know this song. That's come together. <laughs> yeah, everybody was going nuts for that song. Everyone's singing along to the words. Everyone's like jamming out to it. I think he had like a ridiculously long solo in it too, if I, if I remember correctly. Yep. He just yep. like kind of ripped one for quite a while. I took a video action and I believe I posted it on the Instagram page. That is one of the videos on the Instagram page. That's so, right. Yeah, all the videos from the from the show were from Come Together. Yep. yep. So overall, I listen, Gary Clark Jr. can play his ass off in terms of the guitar, man. Like he has some great mm-hmm. riffs and some great he just shreds the shit out of the guitar. And I was so impressed with him on stage, his stage presence, how confident he is. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed this this show, and I'm really glad that we we were able to go. And well, it really showed how it, like polished yeah. of a musician he is. Like yep. even by yep. the end of two hours of playing, he wasn't bailing out of high notes of songs. Nope. He what his voice wasn't getting overly scratchy because he wasn't straining, so that means he has good technique. He was still singing everything like the phrases all the way through, so he wasn't tired either. And his guitar playing never got sloppy. He still kept his form in everything really tip top. And I, I've always heard before that like what separates a good from like a great performer, singer, guitarist is can you, you you can play well? Can you do it for an extended period of time and have nothing deteriorate? And he did it for t- over two hours. Yep, over two hours. Over two hours. And the last songs were just as crisp and clean as the first songs were. Yeah. So overall, if anybody listening is thinking about going to Gary Siegler, Gary Clark Jr. You totally, totally should. Mm-hmm. I, he gets our highest recommendation, I yep. think, for sure. And you have plenty of time to see him live, too. Because this man has been on an absolute like streak of, of a tour right now. Yeah. He started touring in June 2018. We were looking this up before we recorded this because we wanted to make sure we had this all right. He started touring in June 2018. It was mostly like festivals, TV shows, and stuff. 
he had a maybe month, two month gap right at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. I'm yep. assuming that's like yep. polishing up his album and everything. His album dropped and he has been touring ever since then. And he's going to continue touring until September 2019. So this, this dude's about to be touring through the rest of the spring, all through the summer, into like the beginning of the fall. Yeah, uh, he hits like a ton of uh, United States cities and uh, in the in, throughout the country for the next like month or so, and then I think he hits Australia, and then he does some, he does a UK leg, and then he comes back to the states uh, towards the end of like the summer and the fall. So plenty of opportunity to go see Gary mm-hmm. Clark Jr. If you're from Boston and you didn't get a chance to see Gary Clark Jr. If he comes back around, definitely go see him. But if you're in another part of the country listening to this, or another even another country, because I know we've had some, you know, countries like, tuning in, not mm-hmm. just not just America, which yep. is which is super cool, by the way. So thank again. Yeah, I, shout out international fans. Yeah, and can't thank everybody enough for uh, listening and, and, and kind of keeping this going. We're really excited about what we're doing. But anyway, I, uh, like, look him up. See if he's coming around you. Yeah, seriously, like he is worth. The tickets, like for sure. Oh yeah, and the tickets were cheap for us too. Oh my they god, were like they were less than like less than fifty bucks a pop. I'm pretty sure, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It was beyond mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. So go check him out if he's playing at a city near you, or if you think you're going to be traveling and you can catch him on in in, in a city that you might be in. Go check them out. Yep. Or so. if you're planning a vacation, now you might know where you want to try and like make the plan for. Find out where Gary Clark's playing his next shows, and that's where you're going. Yep. But either way, moral of the story absolutely fantastic show like probably going to go back and see him if he ever comes back to Boston again I will I will uh, I would probably, I'd buy agree. a ticket in a heartbeat yep so uh, yeah so that does it for night school episode number two yeah a little quick show and tell for Gary Clark Jr. yeah yeah thank you guys again for tuning in we mm-hmm. appreciate it follow us on all social medias the turntable teachers Instagram SoundCloud Instagram. Spotify I mean that's not social media but whatever follow yeah. us on everything yep go check out our playlists on Apple and Spotify and as always yeah, you can find our podcasts on SoundCloud Spotify Google Play Apple all that stuff social media Facebook Instagram go check it out and uh, yeah until next time I'm Mike I'm Cody we've been the turntable teachers and class is dismissed